Hey, Michelle. Hi, Josh. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. It is, uh, it's February what? February 15th, the day February. after Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, right. Did you have a nice Valentine's Day? I did. I had a lovely time. How about it you? It sounded like you did the smart thing of yes. going out not on Valentine's <laughs> evening. Yes, yes. We went out uh, for our Valentine's celebration on the day before, the night before, had a date night, and then went out with friends last night. So. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my wife, April, directs our Children's Enrichment yes. Center um, preschool here on campus, and she had not let me know that last night was parents date night so she uh, watched kids including our own Nancy June and so I had kind of a bachelor night at home I got a, a subway sandwich which my wife doesn't like so I had subway and uh, watched a little sports and uh, played um, some Xbox self-care yes you are the love of your life so that's a good choice <laughs> I am the sunshine of my life at least for tonight until they came home uh, and uh, uh, we've got a lot of great stuff going on Mile High. We We're do. in the middle of our classes. I know you're teaching a couple classes. I'm teaching a couple classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're getting ready for spring renewal and yes. Easter yes. and uh, Coot Blackson. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what are you most looking forward to of all those things? I can't. I can't say one of them stands out above the other. I love them all. I love them all. I think people uh, underestimate the the spiritual depth of Good Friday mm-hmm. and the opportunity from a metaphysical viewpoint that Good Friday can be a very enriching date. And I love the the tonality of that service, even though I know we're switching it up a bit this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverend Carol is going to be leading it and maybe doing some new things. I always love Easter here. It's always a sign of spring. And you give such an, a great Easter message. Your Easter messages are my favorite Easter messages I've ever heard. So Jeez. I'm looking Thank forward you. Gosh, to those. Thank you for that. Yeah. You heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Coot just has got me all on fire. I cannot wait to have his presence in our sanctuary. I think he's just going to light us all up like crazy. Yeah, you've done such a, a great job promoting that uh, uh, event, Michelle, because every time I'm talking to someone at Mile High Church, they're saying, so I've been reading The Power of Surrender. <laughs> and so I, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, they're they're unsure, and then they get um, – uh, his book, and mm-hmm. he, and that's what I hear. It's like it's not that it's not stuff I haven't heard before, but it's said in such a, a vibrant, renewed way. And yes. so, um, you know, pick up that book and and head to this event, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm really happy uh, that people are trusting us because we're bringing new speakers. A lot of the speakers that we've all relied on for years are not doing their their speaking as much, or they've passed into the next plane of existence. And I love our vision for bringing forth the next generation of amazing speakers. And I think Coot's going to be part of that generation. So. Yeah. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, you and the team, I think have done a, a next job of saying, who are the the, the new mm-hmm. Wayne right. Dyers? Who are the next Deepak yeah. Chopras? And uh, uh, bringing those folks in. So it's been exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm um, excited. I get to um, not make up a class, but I'm going to do a class called Finding Meaning in yes. March that I'm looking forward to. It's an in-person class, um, but it's an inspired by the works of Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. who a lot of people know as the guy who talks about choice a lot and lived through the concentration camp, but he was kind of a brilliant uh, spiritual psychologist. Yes, and was. so uh, it's going to be a great just uh, four-week class, but it's all about finding meaning in, in our lives and doing something which is challenging for us positive religious scientists, which is to look at our times of sorrow mm-hmm. and suffering to either 
um, see where the meaning came from in that or to build new meaning today as we step into a brighter future. So I'm looking forward to doing that too. When is that class? Uh, that class starts Thursdays in March. I think okay. March 7th, I think, is the, the first date for and that. how many weeks are you doing it? It is four weeks. Good. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that. And both you and I are on a plane Sunday to yes. go to, um, I think it's beautiful, South Carolina. I've yeah. never been there before. Charlotte, South for, Carolina. For uh, the Centers for Spiritual, uh, the Charlotte's North Carolina. I know enough of the... Oh, we're going to Charleston. We're going Durr. to Charleston. I'm See, I was going to say Myrtle them. Beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're looking We're for- getting on a plane. We don't know where, but. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I we can always do more events with Centers for Spiritual Living because yes. we're here at Mile High Church and we're part of this greater organization. And uh, both of us have been uh, a part. I've been a, a part of it for uh, 30 years. You've been a part of it for 40 or so mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always interesting to go and connect with our colleagues mm-hmm. and to, you know, kind of ask that question, who are we as a movement today right. and uh, and where are we going? And, you know, our founder, Ernest Holmes, um, you know, in those Holmes papers that came out in the late 80s or early 90s or so that George Bendel put together, you know, he talks about um, religious science being the next great religious impulsion. Right. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, we're in a class or something. <laughs> and it's not like religious science hasn't been successful as an organization. I think in, you know, 2027, it will have its 100-year anniversary right. Institute of Religious okay. Science. A big party. But I think the question sometimes is, why isn't, hasn't it been even bigger? Why mm-hmm. isn't it the key uh, religious movement in America or in, in, in the world? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to ask you that easy question. No, that's an easy question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I have given a lot of thought to this question. And I think that right now my answer remains the same as I've contemplated recently about how much what we teach is really in the culture of, especially here in the United States, but I think in Europe, uh, Europe and the U S and Canada, a lot of, uh, and now I guess even down in, um, uh, in South America, the notion that your thoughts actually change your life has become much more mainstream. So in a way, Our teaching and aspects of it are more mainstream. And because people have turned away from church and spiritual organizations to some degree, they're not, they're not sure they want to be in organized religion. Dr. Fred used to say, well, that's okay. We aren't so organized, (laughs) but um, we are pretty organized. Actually, we've got communities all over the world. I think people just don't understand what a science of mind church is or a center for spiritual living church is thinking it's Scientology or it's Christian science. So there's this kind of misunderstanding that keeps them from stepping into something that they're already aligned with. And that to me really is the question. How do we get ourselves out there and make people, make people know we exist. And there's a huge market of people who are already aligned with us. And we see them almost every Sunday as they come in and go, Oh, I didn't know a church believed. This is what I believed mm-hmm. for years. This is my home. Oh, wow, I didn't know you guys existed. And so that's the the place that I don't know how come we're missing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. I think you know what I'm hearing you say too is all, although, you know, the church itself as an organization perhaps hasn't grown a whole lot, the ideas have yes. become, you know, mainstream, be mm-hmm. it through Oprah and Wayne Dyer yep. or just through culture. And I, I think another thing too is a lot of these ideas are 
um, you know, Christian and, um, you know, other faiths, you know, they caught on to them, you know, yep. and so when you're watching Joel Osteen on yes. Sunday morning, oh, totally. you're, you're hearing a lot of, of, uh, of that too. And so yeah. I think that's a great, uh, a great overview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, that would be one of the things that I'm, you know, I'm always wanting to hear how our organization is, is, is doing, but I'm also always interested in, in seeing, you know, why or how are we going to be the spirituality of the 21st century? And, you know, I'm always interested in our principles, but I'm also always interested in, well, as, as, you know, are we providing a relevant stream of, uh, of for people today mm-hmm. for what they're looking for? And, you know, when we think of, you know, where people, and I hate to categorize, but, you know, we're in an age of anxiety, increased anxiety. We're in a, a in an age where community is less and less common right. for people. Right. Um, you know, where, where people are interacting more with their, their phones than they are with other human <laughs> yeah. beings. Yeah. And um, you know, we're we're um, in an area where everybody's competing for everybody's time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know uh, someone who says I have a lot of free time on my hands, right. you know. Right. And so um, you know there there there's so much and so it's interesting how you know, we can step into those things as as centers, as mm-hmm. churches, as organizations to really help people live better lives. And although I care deeply about our movement, I care about Mile High Church, you know, I, I hope that my ministry is about helping people live better, better lives. I think that it definitely is, and I think that that's also something that we'll hear more about when we go to this conference and, and has been a mystery to me is that you and I both work pretty hard to do this ministry and to take care of the people who are already here, which we we love to do and it's an honor to do. And and we do a lot of work in the world to benefit other organizations. Um, and we don't do a lot of touting our own horn and trying really hard to get out there and let people know about us, mostly because we don't have the time or the bandwidth as an organization often to do that. So I think that other churches who uh, are not nearly as big as us suffer from that same thing. And it becomes really hard to for them to figure out that that to me is part of where we could meet that that dissonance is that if we could empower our communities better with here are ways to easily let people know you exist. And we thought social media was going to be it, but it it just hasn't been just not going to bring those results. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of the challenges that I see too, is that people just, the the ministries themselves are not equipped and don't know how to do Mm. that. No, no, I think that's a good insight, and I get to share at the convention. And yes. you know, one of the things that you know, I don't mean to be controversial with them, but you know, I think it was really around 2008 or so that that um, you know a lot of the churches changed from religious science to centers for spiritual living, mm-hmm. and you know, it could be you know one of the reasons we're not more popular is because our name's too weird. Right, well, it could and be. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's interesting to say, you know, gosh, fifteen close to twenty years in, you know, going and and moving a lot of our our churches now calling themselves centers, and as opposed to using religious science, using spiritual living, mm-hmm. um, how's that worked for us? Yeah, um, yeah. Has that been successful? What kind mm-hmm. of results are we seeing? Um, even if it hasn't expanded in numbers, has it has it changed the type of people, mm-hmm. new people that are coming in? And I think that's a really interesting um, question for all of us to ask. It is. It is. That's great. I'm glad you're going to mention that. So we're going to get to see our colleagues, not only ministerial, a whole bunch of practitioners, lay people show up to this conference and 
just get a sense of how we're growing our community. Yeah, and we just, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, we just encourage you to keep living that spiritual life. And uh, we appreciate you listening to Mile High Church. And we hope that in some way, uh, the programming here, not only that you feel, Mm -hmm. you know, some ownership of Mile High Church, but that you're getting something out of hanging out with us. Yeah, and I think it helps people to know we're part of something bigger than just this local amazing community. Yeah, and I've never... been to the Atlantic Ocean before. Oh, good. Yeah, so I've been to the East Coast, but I've never been to the beach, so I'm excited uh, because I think we're close to the ocean. We are. So I think we're going to have a meeting or two by the ocean, I Okay. Okay. But I wonder if there can be boogie boarding with Reverend Josh. (laughs) It might be cold out there. I was going to say the water is probably pretty cold this time of year. I can do it. Yeah. Okay. I bet you can. (laughs) All right. Take care, everybody. (laughs) Bye.